0: Everybody, how are you doing this evening? Uh, my name is Ryan, this is Nutty Buddy Entertainment, and today we are going to talk about the NBA trade deadline, so we're going to talk a little bit about that, but before I get into it, uh, please uh, like, rate, review the podcast, subscribe, uh, depending on where you get your podcast, Um. And uh, follow me on Nuttybuddy Entertainment on Instagram or even on Twitter. I believe I'm on Twitter as well. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, uh, NuttyBuddy at gmail.com is my email address. So what we're going to do today, we are going to talk about the NBA trade deadline. Now, uh, earlier this week, for those who have been listening to me, I talked about doing a Uh, NFL free agency recap, but I decided that because this is more um, relevant news, that I do my first NBA podcast, so I'm really excited about it today because I haven't talked NBA yet on my podcast. So today, I'm going to do something a little different than what other people are doing. Maybe somebody else has done this, but I haven't seen it, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to do my favorite additions in both the Eastern and Western Conference leading up to the trade deadline. So we'll go from five to one, from what I think is the most, um, the least important ad to the most important ad. Although all these ads are important because we know, like, if you watch the NBA, someone being added whether it's in the trade deadline or through the buyout market it can really make or break someone getting to the finals i always remember because i'm a detroit Pistons fan i always remember when rasheed wallace went to detroit and then they won the championship uh like that was the difference getting rasheed wallace so There's other examples, but that's the first one that came to my mind for some reason. So we'll start with the Eastern Conference. We'll talk about five through one, what I think are the more important uh, additions to each conference, and the same with the Western Conference. We will then talk about a team that has done tanking right, for the most part, and a team that has done tanking wrong, if you can actually do that wrong. You shouldn't do it wrong, but I've think a team did so we'll talk about that then we'll talk about Kyle Lowry staying with the um, Raptors buyouts buyout candidates um, where I think uh, they might wind up and then we're going to talk a little bit about Lakers too LeBron James is specific we're going to talk about his injury his MVP um, potential still for the season and uh, a pet peeve of mine when it comes to uh, teams in general, or fans, I guess fans in the way they view teams or certain players. So, why don't we start and get into the top five additions of first, the Eastern Conference?
1: Number five.
0: So, to me, this is uh, George Hill. George Hill being added to the 76ers is fifth on my list. Now, I think this was a really good ad for the 76ers. He's a veteran player, he knows his role, he knows his value. He's a good shooter and a good defender. And that's what the 76ers needed. And that's why they were after Kyle Lowry. Is they kind of needed that guard who could kind of facilitate when needed to when he needs to but also that could provide shooting uh, playing off of Ben Simmons and a, a bench he can come off the bench if he needs to as well, depending on how they're going to have their top five. So I really like this addition for the 76ers. Um, Already a great team. I just think it makes them a little bit better.
1: Number four.
0: Fourth place goes to Evan Fournier. Now this was a very important trade Boston needed because Boston, I can't believe they're 21 and 23. That is crazy to me. They have the talent they have two of the best young wings in the league in uh, Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum so how they are not above 500 is crazy to me but it's not crazy because Kemba Walker I guess has been injured off and on and they didn't have really that third option that guy that comes off the bench uh, that can spell Tatum or Brown and create offense well now Evan Fournier was go- is going to do that I believe he's averaging about 19 points a game this season I think it was a great addition I think if you're Boston you probably wanted uh, Aaron Gordon or maybe Harrison Barnes um, because you also get the defensive switchability with those two guys but Evan Fournier, for what they paid for him, was a great addition. And hey, you need that shooting coming off the bench.
1: Number three.
0: Victor Oladipo. And I think this was a necessary risk for Miami. Because with um, the Nets, who I think are the favorite in the East right now, they needed someone that had the potential of becoming a key force on their team and that's what Victor Oladipo has the potential being now this year he's averaging twenty point point twenty points a game five rebounds and about five assists so he still has that playmaking ability the best part of this addition for Miami it's really a no risk situation if Victor Oladipo is Victor Oladipo, if he, he gets back into shape, and if you're going to get back into shape, Miami's the place to do it. And what I mean by shape is like his all-star shape. Um, it's You're going to be rewarded for that. But, if you um, don't get the Victor Oladipo of old, and he's sort of like a, like, you know 70 80 he's still a good bench player and he you only gave up kelly Olenek and avery bradley and i think two second round picks so you didn't even give up nothing for him basically so i like this move a lot for miami um, the only reason why i didn't have it this higher is because Miami's still, you know, kind of getting into the playoff uh, run here. They are, um, I'm just going to check this out real quick. They are just seventh in the Eastern Conference. But again, this is the type of move that it's like a high-risk, low, no, a low-risk, high-reward type of move for Miami. I just really like it. And, you know, if they want to resign him, that now they have him in the building, so that they can uh, monitor him and see if they want to re-sign him going into the off-season. But I really like this move, the potential of what Oladipo can be next to Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, um, Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo in that team and with that team, and they also have Trevor Ariza now and Iguadala. So it could really work out well for Miami, and I guess we wouldn't be super surprised, uh, Drogic. Uh, we, we wouldn't be super surprised if they make another run at a title.
1: Number two.
0: P.J. Tucker going to the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, this to me was a really good trade for the Bucks. Number one, P.J. Tucker is not a guy who needs the ball to be successful. And I think that's so important to add to teams, like role players that know their roles. And veterans often uh, do And P.J. Tucker knows his role. I remember watching those games against the Warriors where P.J. Tucker would just hit open shots, wide open shots in the corner, and he's going to get a lot of them playing with Giannis, playing with Middleton, playing with True Holiday. I like the versatility that he adds. He can be on the floor with Brook Lopez and Giannis, or he can be on the floor with Giannis playing center and him playing power forward because he's so strong. I just love this trade for the Bucks. He adds defense intensity. Although the Bucks are really good defensively, this is just going to add to it. I, I really like this move for the Bucks. And although I do feel like it makes the Bucks better, I don't think it puts them over the nets right now.
1: Number one.
0: The Chicago Bulls acquiring Nikola Vucevic. I just really like this trade for Chicago. I like how they're kind of going at it to get better. They're not in this constant tank mode, which is which is good. I think this move actually gives Chicago the like. I, I would say they would make. They're going to make the playoffs. That that's how I feel. Now Vucevic, uh, he sorry if I pronounce his name wrong by the way I'm not great at English it's really my second language and it's the only language I know so figure that one out so Vucevic he averages about 25 points a game 11 rebounds and four assists and he just adds a dimension that Chicago needs he's going to be a great pick and pop guy with Zach Levine a great pick and roll guy with zach levine and i just think it gives chicago that added boost that it's going they're going to need to make the playoffs i just think it's a really good move and any move that gets a team from like teetering on playoffs and gets them into the playoffs i think deserves um praise nowadays because like so many teams are doing the opposite they just don't want to make the playoffs they just want to tank so i really like what chicago is doing here Adding this all star to their team, and I really don't feel like they gave up too much for him either. I think it was the right price for him, so I really like the trade actually. To be honest, for both teams, but really great trade for the uh, Chicago Bulls. I'm really interested to see how they integrate Vucevic into the team and how that team will run and work, Uh, especially with him and Zach Levine. I think that's kind of the because really he. Zach Levine's going to be the best offensive player he's worked with. And I think I would say... Oh man, I'd have to actually think about Zach Levine's career. I think Zach Levine played with Carl Anthony Towns for a little bit. Maybe. I don't remember. Man, that's bad. But anyway, the point being is... It's definitely the best offensive player that Vucevic has ever gotten to work with, so it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic works for the Chicago Bulls. Now let's do the top five additions of the Western Conference.
1: Number five:
0: Norman Powell to the Trailblazers. Um. Now I don't know how I quite feel about this team, and I'll tell you, uh, this move, and I'll tell you why. And the reason why it's on this list really is because the Western Conference really didn't have many moves. And this is a playoff team making a move. You're adding a shooter, which is always good. Shooters are sort of the rare commodity in the NBA, along with uh, forwards, uh, 3 and D guys. But I I don't understand this trade in this sense. As good of a scorer as he is, Norman Powell has been this year. He's averaging almost 20 points a game. And he can come off in the bench and do that. Him alongside Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum just doesn't make sense to me. Where t- Gary Trent Jr. at least was a defensive-minded guard. And Norman Powell is not. And he's only like 6'3", 6'4". So... I'd, like, they're going to be small. I I thought they really needed a forward. Um, so, I, again, I just don't understand this move as far as if I'm a, a Blazers fan. Now, again, I get, like, the offensive side of it. I get maybe that's what they were going for is, like, explosiveness off the bench. But you're sacrificing defense. You don't have that defense. I really was hoping that they would get... Aaron Gordon or they would get Harrison Barn sort of like a, a 3 and D switchable forward to add to their team but they didn't and I think that's going to end up hurting the Blazers in the long run but until then uh, you know we'll watch maybe I'll be wrong maybe I'll be wrong and I know Blazers fans hope that I am wrong but I just don't see it I just don't see how they're any better than they were last year uh, but we'll see they do get an offensive weapon off off the bench
1: Number four,
0: JaVale McGee to the Denver Nuggets. I actually like this move for the Denver Nuggets. And the reason why I like it is because Denver needs a big man that at times can play besides beside Jokic. And he's a rim running, rim protecting center. Now, he's actually averaging eight points a game this year. But I think that's because, you know, it is the Cavs. He 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 does have limited minutes but it is um, a good trade, I think, for the Nuggets. It's it's sort of what they needed, what they were missing um, for their, you know, center position. He will be able to help with defensive assignments if you think about some of the teams that they will be playing in the um, playoffs. Rudy Gobert, he can help with him. He can help with uh, Anthony Davis, Nurkic, and. Other bigs, he's going to be able to help with the other bigs in the Western and Eastern Conference, but definitely in the Western Conference playoffs. Good addition by the Nuggets, and don't worry, they will reappear, reappear, reappear once again on this list.
1: Number three,
0: JJ Redick to the Dallas Mavericks. I really like this trade. I really do. I, I was <laughs> funny story is uh, not that you care at all, but. I had a guy who I used to be, play basketball with and he would call me J.J. Uh, Reddick. He'd call me Reddick, actually. Um, but uh, So I always kind of liked J.J. Reddick because that guy calling me, my friend, calling me Reddick. But yeah, I think this is a good addition. Now, Reddick has been Redick has been kind of in the doghouse when it comes to Stan Van Gundy for so, some reason as the Pelican. But him going to the Mavericks could be what he needs uh, he is going to just work beautifully with Luka Doncic. If he can find uh, his shot, you know, coming off screens, uh, being wide open, uh, Luka is going to get him open looks. I really like this addition for the, um, the Dallas Mavericks.
1: Number two.
0: Roger Rondo to the Clippers. Listen, I just love this move. I thought in the offseason, Rondo should have signed with the Clippers. And the reason why is this is the kind of guy the Clippers, I felt like, needed. Somebody who doesn't need the ball to be effective. Doesn't need to um, shoot the ball to be effective. Listen, until we're proven otherwise, we know that Rondo is pretty much always engaged in the playoffs. So we know that's what we'll get from Rondo until, again, he shows us that he's not engaged. And the fact is this. People, like, yeah, he's not going to shoot the ball too much, which is good. And he's going to pass up some easy shots, which is fine. But he is going to know where to put Paul George. How to put Paul George in the best position to succeed? He's going to do the same thing with Kawhi Leonard. His defense is uh, going to be good in the playoffs because it was last year. And again, I just like to me what has history taught us when it comes to this guy? He shows up in the playoffs. So I really like this move uh, for the Clippers. Do I think it puts them in a tier uh, along with like the best of the best of? Well, I guess they already kind of are, right? When you have Kawhi and you have Paul George, you're going to be in that top tier in the Western Conference. I don't think it puts it ahead them ahead of uh, the Lakers or like Utah or the Nuggets or whatever, but it does at least give them that chance because the problem with the the Clippers is they seem to just kind of fall flat sometimes. So you just need somebody who can get the offense going. Uh, get back on track. And I think Raja Rondo can be that guy for the Clippers. I really like this move for the Clippers going forward. Number one, Aaron Gordon to the Denver Nuggets. Listen, to me, this was the best trade of the day, the best trade before the deadline. This is what the Denver Nuggets needed. They needed a forward, a big forward that could play defense, run the court, uh, he doesn't need the ball to be effective. He's going to work beautifully with Murray and Jokic. He's kind of going to fulfill or fill that um, Jeremy Grant role that was lost when he went to Detroit. I think he'll be better in some areas than Jeremy Grant, and I don't think he'll be as good in some areas as Jeremy Grant, uh, but he's more athletic. He probably will run the floor better, um, yeah, I, I just love this move. And really, when it, I liked it for both teams, by the way. But really, when it comes down to it, I do feel like with the addition of Aaron Gordon and JaVale McGee, the Nuggets have gotten good enough where I would not be surprised if they make the finals, especially with the injuries the Lakers are dealing with. Um, think of this starting five. You're going to have Jokic, Porter Jr., Gordon, Barton, and Murray in crunch time. Last five minutes. Probably those five. That's a really good five uh, to have on the court. Now, it's not the best five. I'm not saying it's a bad, but a really good five. And I think they can complement one another real well as as well. So, again, really like this move. This is my favorite addition in the Western Conference. And if I was rating, rating this like 1 through 10, um, I would probably put... Uh, this is my favorite edition of the trade deadline. Yay! So let's do um, tanking done right real quick. I think the Magic really nailed the whole tanking done right. So they will be in the running for the top five draft NBA draft prospects going into the NBA draft. Now, what I heard when I was listening to other podcasts is that there are t- uh, five. There are five really good prospects coming out of college, including like Kate Cunningham and others. So they're going to tank. But they got young talent in Wendell Car- Carter Jr. and uh, RJ Hampton and first round picks. So I really think I like what the Magic are doing. Uh, are they a little bit late in trading Aaron Gordon could they got more for him let's say last year probably but they still got a young guard and they also got RJ Hampton which is the young guard but the first first round pick is what i meant they also got a first round pick which i think is good and then again Wendell Carter Jr. That is tanking done right. Take note of what the Magic did. Now will it you know like <laughs> will it go anywhere? Well, the history of the magic tells us it probably won't. But who knows? We'll see. But it was, to me, done right from a team aspect of truly how to tank. No! Tanking done wrong. The Rockets. I have no idea what the Rockets are doing. They... Victor Oladipo for nobody, basically, and P.J. Tucker gone for basically nothing. I mean, they get second round picks, but who cares? They could have had Karis Levert instead of Victor Oladipo, so that, that baffles me. That baffles me. So if I really had to say, if you're going to take a page on how not to tank, the Houston Rockets right now. They seem kind of like a mess. I don't understand what they're doing. They're not tanking successfully, giving their players up for nothing, basically, which is what the market is right now. But, like, you could have picked Karis Levert over Oladipo. You didn't need Oladipo. And now you lost him and Levert and really nothing to show for it but, like, second round picks. So, anyway, that's tanking done wrong. So real quick, we're just going to listen to a sponsor of the podcast, and then we'll get into our next subject, with, which is buyout candidates. So a couple of buyout candidates to mention real quick that I know of for sure, and that is LaMarcus Aldridge and the potential of Andre Drummond. I heard that Jeff Green could possibly be a buyout candidate, which would be kind of interesting, but um, I guess we'll see. And when I mean I heard, I don't have a source. My sources are like other podcasts, but who knows? So as far as LaMarcus Aldridge, he's going to be a good player coming off the bench. It sounds like he might go to Miami, which would be, again, a good fit. He'd take up some minutes. He'd be able to uh, offer some scoring off the bench and... Uh, He's been playing awful defense, so unless, if again, Miami's culture and having kind of a new sense of life emboldens him to start trying and putting forth effort, and maybe it's not even effort. Maybe he's just that age where he can't do what he'd like to do on defense, on the defensive side of the ball, then he's going to be a nice addition to add to your rotation of eight players or nine players for the Miami Heat. And then you have Andre Drummond. Now, Andre Drummond's interesting because I could see him going to either L.A. team, which is what's being reported, or uh, the Dallas Mavericks, he could go there. Or he could go to the Boston Celtics. Now, let me tell you something about Andre Drummond. I am a Detroit Pistons fan. So, I have dealt with Andre Drummond his entire career, but two years. So, since 2012... I have paid a lot of attention to Andre Drummond. And this is what he's good at. He's good at playing physical. And he's great at rebounding. He's not a great offensive player. And he's not a great defensive player. This year he's been playing better defensively. But generally, that's an aberration. Because That was one thing when he got that contract, uh, when he was paid for max dollars. I never understood it because can he be the third best player on an NBA roster to win a title? I think he can be, but he can't be number one. He can't be number two. And he was being paid and played on the Pistons like he was a number one or two on that team for an option. It just never made sense to me. I also feel like in order to be a max player, you need to be great at multiple things in order to be a max player, not just one thing. And to me, Andre Drummond is only great at one thing on the court, and that is rebounds. Unless he plays a center that's more physical than him, which is hard, hard to find in the NBA. And that's why he has such great numbers when it comes to rebounds and points uh, by the rim. But when he played DeMarcus Cousins, when Cousins was in his prime, or uh, when he plays Joel Embiid, when he plays these centers that are just as physical as him and just better, he does not get the best of them. And that's a problem. That's a problem for a max player. So Drummond can help these teams. Like, Drummond can go to the LA Clippers and he can help them. He can go to the LA Clippers and help them. He can go to Boston and help them. But he's not going to provide more than just rebounding. And, you know, his physicality too. But it's mainly just rebounding. The thing about... Just to get back to the max deals real quick... Like, Rudy Gobert gets paid max money, but he's a great rebounder and a great defender. So I can see that. But I never understood why Andre got that max money. I think he is definitely, his stats are more empty than most players. Like, his stats really don't tell. I I remember there'd be some nights where he'd have like a a 20-20 night, like 20 points, 20 rebounds, and the Pistons would lose. It's just like, so what were those stats worth? Or he would have 20 points and 20 rebounds and you just don't remember it. So like, again, so that's the Andre Drummond experience. So I guess I just caution some fans if you get him. He's not, he can't be on the floor in the last five minutes because he can't shoot free throws. If you get him. As a buyout guy, he is going to add something to your team. Rebounds, physicality, and you might need that. But don't think that he's going to be the thing that could ultimately put somebody over the top or a team over the top. He's going to add to a team, but he's not going to be that guy who is going to be like that guy who gets a team to win a championship. No doubt about it, if that makes sense. Okay, now we'll talk about Kyle Lowry for a second. Um, I don't know what to make of the Raptors not trading him. It's strange to me when teams let assets go for nothing. And I believe that Lowry after the season is an unrestricted free agent. And that's why not a lot of teams wanted to trade for him because there was no guarantee that they would be able to resign him and he would come as just like a rental so when it comes to franchise sometimes that's one thing I never understand why they want to lose assets for nothing and if you think about it it's sort of been a pattern for Toronto like Danny Green, Abaca, Gasol, uh, Kawhi Leonard I understand Kawhi Leonard but Kawhi Leonard and now Kyle Lowry I'm sure I'm missing others but it seems like a pattern in the last couple of years that they just lose these guys for nothing, and they they've done a good job of team building, so it hasn't hurt so much. But just in teams in general, I never understood that. So it will be interesting to see where Toronto goes from here. But the fact that Kyle Lowry was not traded is interesting because he like he was waving goodbye, peace peace outing, you know, at Toronto's last game. You thought it was going to be his, him being traded. And he could have added something to the 76ers. he could have added some to he he could have had add something to the Lakers. So the question is or the clippers too. so the question is, why wasn't he traded? My theory is that Kyle Lowry they wanted way too much for him. I don't think that's a theory I think that's just true. I heard that they wanted um, Tyler hero for Lowry. I'm like, that's way too much. Why would you give a 19 year old, potential, 20 year old, potential star player, you know, whether it's all star, superstar, whatever star player, there's potential there for somebody you might only have for half a year, might have another two years left in them? That's ridiculous. That's stupid. Because that's all you're getting. And it kind of reminds me of a situation you ever, you ever like in life, you know, somebody, maybe it's your parents or or maybe it's you and um, you grow up in a house or you, you have a family and you, your family grows up in that house and you just, your emotions make you value that house more than the value that it's actually worth. So when you go to sell it or your family goes to sell it, it's like, You put it on the market for like $500,000 and the realtor comes and they're like, well, actually this house is like worth $250,000 and you just can't believe it. And it's because you're just so emotionally attached and invested in the house that um, you grew up in or or that you raised your family in. And I think that's sort of like with Kyle Lowry. He's such an icon in Toronto. He's such a legend that I think Toronto just values him higher than what he's actually worth. And teams do that at times. And Sometimes it hurts them and sometimes it don't. I mean, the Lakers kind of did it with Kobe his last two years. And I'm a big Kobe fan. That's my favorite player. So don't come at me. He's my favorite player. But he was a shell of himself his last couple of years. The Lakers still paid him. Because to them, he was way more valuable than, you know, maybe going to a different team or whatever. So, I just don't understand, though, losing a asset for nothing. Um, and also not re- being able to read the room. Why, why are you overvaluing? And it kind of goes back to Andre Drummond. And we're going to go full circle here. It's the same reason why the Pistons... Got nothing for Andre Drummond because there was teams when he was like younger and a little, bit, you know, like his style of play was still sort of important to the league as as now it's sort of a dying breed, and the Pistons would not trade him, and I never understood it, and it's because the Pistons valued Andre Drummond more than other teams did. They valued Andre Drummond more than they should have. And it bit him in the butt. And that's what happens to these teams. And that's what's sort of happening, I think, with Kyle Lowry. So now let's segue into our final topic of this evening. And that is with the Los Angeles Lakers. Now let's talk about our final topic of tonight. And that is the Los Angeles Lakers. Now they did not do anything. At the end of the trade deadline. And they're probably going to be more of a buyout team. And since um, AD's been injured. They've been kind of in a slump. And then LeBron got injured. And now it's like full panic mode. But um, it just fascinates me. A couple things fascinated me. Number one, the hype train this offseason. Me and my friend Luke. We were talking about the Lakers before the season started. And how, like, we felt that the moves that they did was overrated. And the reason why we felt that way wasn't because they weren't, like, maybe a little better than they were last year. But people were, like, adding Montres Harrell and adding Dennis Schroeder made these guys these uh, 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 the greatest, <laughs> like, the best team out there. Like, no doubt about it by adding these two guys. Didn't make sense to me. And I'll tell you why. You traded athleticism and height in the front court for energy, offense, and IQ. So, for instance, you let JaVale McGee go and you let Dwight Howard go. They were both athletic. They were both roughly seven foot and um, seven feet. 7 feet tall. Both of them were 7 feet tall. I just caught that. And they were physical. And it got under Jokic's skin. Now, I still, like, watching that final series, like, I felt like the refs were too quick to blow the whistle on Jokic. They were, like, letting Dwight play physical, but not letting Jokic play physical, which I never understand that. I never understand that. But, regardless... Regardless, those two centers, especially Dwight, was was very important to the Lakers last year. But you let him go. And what did you replace him with? A, a, a hype machine off the bench, but he can't. He's he's 6'7". Mantra's Herald is 6'7". And he only plays offense. He, it's not that he doesn't try to play defense. He's just smaller than everybody he guards. So he's not a good defender. And then you get... Marcus Almogassal Marc could be good but he's 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 older he's out of shape uh, he's got that IQ but can he play 25 or 30 minutes a game and I don't think so I don't think he can do that anymore maybe I maybe I'll be wrong but regardless it wasn't like you got better with those moves you kind of just stayed the same in my mind you just stayed the same and then you add I believe it was Wes Matthews and Dennis Schroeder, and you get rid of Avery Bradley, even though I know Avery Bradley was not part of the playoff run. He was playing good in L.A. And Rondo, you get rid of those two guys. But again, to me, that's sort of like just a straight-line move. Maybe you're a little bit better, but to me, I never never felt that way. Schroeder is not as good as a defender as Rondo is, he kind of needs the ball to be effective. And right now, I think he's shooting 31% from three. Rondo is a better facilitator and playmaker than Dennis Schroeder is. Now, Dennis Schroeder is a good offensive player, but when you play with LeBron James, when you play with him, you're not going to have the ball that much. So it's not as important when you play next to LeBron James. So again, I just felt like that move was sort of like a straight line move. It wasn't neither a great move. It didn't make the team significantly better, but it didn't make them worse. So I didn't I didn't understand the hype. So when LeBron... And I say all that, by the way, because when they got injured, LeBron and AD, people are like, oh, LeBron needs more help. Immediately. and Which is the... Like, we should just get a shirt and just print the shirt. All NBA fans should wear it and just say uh, LeBron's teams need more help. Because it's been the uh, sort of default excuse for why LeBron James hasn't been ex- successful. It's the default excuse of why he loses, and I never get that. Um, because here, here's the thing. When you pay top-end talent like AD and LeBron or Dwayne Wade, Bosch and LeBron or Kyrie, LeBron and love, you're going to suffer depth. You will just start because you're going to scrape the bottle bottom of the barrel to get people in house to try to help you to win. But they're going to be like veterans, uh, players that sort of know what they're doing, but they're kind of um, on the downward tradition trajectory of their career uh you're gonna get veterans you're gonna be like long shot guys you're gonna be picking in the late first round of the um draft you're gonna get second round picks but they're not gonna be that good you're gonna get buyout guys but you know Andre Drummond's typically don't get bought out so of course when your team starts to get riddled with injuries your team is just going to be bad. That's what's going to happen. So uh, again, it's just it just never made sense to me this idea that you you know think of like Carmelo Anthony. We judge Carmelo Anthony in his career. Has Carmelo ever been on a team had teammates better than uh, LeBron James from two thousand ten to two thousand? won this year and yet we are hard on Carmelo because he hasn't won anything but his teammates haven't been as good so why would we expect him to if we don't expect LeBron James one of the greatest players of all time to win with uh, talent like AD like Wade, like Bosh, like uh, Kyrie, like Love, because those players get injured, and then his team suffers around him. How do we expect Carmelo to win the best player he's ever played with? Amari Stoudemire, when his then his you know obviously that didn't last long. His knees went bad. You know, old Chauncey Billups, Allen Iverson, during the. Late stages of his prime, I mean, come on. Now, with that said, one thing I would say that is sort of disappointing for this season is the MVP race because um LeBron James, I felt like was going to win it this year and he deserved it. He deserved it. Um, being at his age, doing the things he's doing um, is outstanding, just outstanding. Now, I thought Embiid and LeBron was going to have a nice two-man race, but now it seems like both of them are going to be out of it. So it looks like to me that like Jokic, maybe Damian Lillard, maybe Luka can make a late run, or funny, James Harden might actually pull the MVP out this year. And it's because LeBron's going to be out for too long that he won't be able to be recognized for MVP. But it's just kind of sad because like this might have been his last chance, and he does he did deserve it up to this point, and he would have tied Michael Jordan for I think five MVPs, MVPs. So you know I kind of feel bad for the guy because who knows? So he has defied, defied all logic when it comes to aging that would I be surprised if he pulls off another MVP type season next year no totally could happen so sort of wait and see I'm going to go ahead and just make a prediction as far as MVP goes and just say that I think Jokic is going to get it this year so anyway so that's sort of my Lakers take Um, I think they're fine they're gonna be fine, guys. Just wait till LeBron and AD get back. You're you're judging them based off their best two players being off the court. That's not even fair. Like, how good would the Clippers be without Kawhi and Paul George? How good would the Blazers be without uh, you know Damian Lillard and McCollum? How good would Dallas be without Luka and Przingis? You know these. You lose your two best players that that's what happens. Look at Miami last year in the finals. they lost their two best players, uh, Gordon Dragic and Bam. You know, I know Butler was really good as well, but during that playoff run, Bam and Dragic they were the two best players on that team. So just you know keep that in mind, Lakers fans you guys there's still a chance you could repeat and if you add Drummond, that's gonna be great, but just I think just like settling down and understanding like, okay, Dennis Schroeder is a way better third option than he is a first option. That Montrez Harold is a really good bench option. He's not a good starting option. You understand what I'm saying? Once you get everything in line, as long as they get healthy, you guys will be fine. So don't sweat it. I'm not saying you guys are going to win, um, but I'm, I'm saying that you guys will be fine. So don't sweat it. Well, thanks, guys, for listening to the NBA trade sort of deadline recap show, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, again, please subscribe, rate, review, uh, Instagram, Nutty Buddy Entertainment. Uh, follow me or on Twitter. Uh, you can email me at nuttybuddy at gmail if you have any questions, comments, or if you want to add to any of these takes that I've that I had come up with in this podcast, now um, as far as my podcasting schedule goes, I am going to do a recap episode for the Falcon and Winter Soldier episode two, and then um, I would again like to do an NFL free agency recap. I think I'm just going to actually go like. Um, division by division kind of but like maybe do like north nfc north afc north and afc south nfc south something like that so we'll see what i'll do there but thanks so much guys for listening and uh, we will talk to you later